saints, we are in part two of getting ready for greatness. Get ready and stay ready, right? Before we go for it, let's pray. Gracious and holy God, we are so thankful for the blessing that you are in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for the worship experience that we have had thus far. You have spoken through, to us through the through the singing, through the scripture reading, through the offering, Lord, just being together in one room. You say where two or three or more are gathered, Lord, there you are. So we thank you. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you will continue to guide us through this message. Help us to understand exactly what we need to know for our lives today. Help us to continue to be a light in the world. And we thank you and we honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said... Amen and amen. So praise God and welcome back to part two of getting ready for greatness. Get ready and stay ready. So last week we started with part one and I shared with you uh, that we were going to be meeting a lot of different people in the Bible. And last week we talked about King David. Do you all remember talking about King David? Good. So we shared his story. And from that message, there are three important points that I just want to remind us of because we're going to need those points when we go on to message three and message four. And those points are that, you know, King David, when we looked at his story, we were looking at his whole life. Say whole life. We were looking at his whole life really from the end back toward the beginning, And we talked about him as a king. We talked about his life as a young person. We talked about his life right before his death. We talked about his successes and his downfalls. And the three points are that, number one, say number one, David got to the end of his life and he praised God. He gave all praise, glory, and honor to God. Say praise God. Number two, David got to the end of his life, and he recognized the mighty men who helped him along the way. Remember talking about those 30 mighty men? Who was the last one on the list? Uriah the Hittite. (laughs) Good job. Then number three, the last point is David was preparing for his successor. He was preparing for who was to come after him. And these points, we recognize that David wasn't just thinking about himself. He knew that there was a time before him, a time during him, and a time after him. And all of us need to recognize there is a lot of things that happen in our, before we were ever conceived, right? There are things that are happening right now. And guess what? There's lots of things going to happen after we are no longer here. We talked about the ups and downs of David and realized that David understood just how much God had done for him. And I asked the question last week, what has Jesus done for you? What has Jesus done for you? Anything? He saved you? What'd you say, Anna? He kept you sane. He, Mary, woke you up. I heard Gail say he woke you up. Hassan, he sheltered us, shepherds us. He guides us along the way because we are the sheep, right? And we get lost very quickly. So Jesus has done a lot for us, just like he did for David. And there are some highlights in that. Please take the time when you have a chance because it's summer, right? 
Most of us are on a little bit of a break. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel when you have time, not today, when you have time, and just read over David's life. His life is absolutely fascinating. And I want us, when you have the time, to learn more about David, learn about his children, learn about his stumbles, learn about who he was as a king and as a father. And it's all important for us to study this and know this so that we can understand how God is getting us ready for greatness. Get ready and stay ready. So last week, we focused on King David. And this week, we're going to focus on the 10 bridesmaids. Say 10 bridesmaids. And next week, we're going to be talking about Uriah the Hittite in more detail. But David's story is important to all of this, and it all will connect together. David had a very difficult time with his children. Remember we talked about that last week? Remember he was trying to figure out who his successor would be? Well, prior to him trying to choose Solomon, his his son Absalom was trying to take over too. Can you imagine, do you all have those kids that start divvying up your stuff and you long from dead? Grandma, this is my grandsons now. They, they real little. Who going to get your house when you, who going to get my house? You're seven. You don't even have a job. <laughs> well, David was having those kind of problems with his kids. They all wanted a piece of what he had. And some of them was trying to take it, and it wasn't meant for them. You see, sometimes we try to claim somebody else's greatness. We get in the wrong lane. Tell your neighbor, stay in your lane. All of our lanes lead to greatness. We don't need to take something from somebody else's lane. We just need to stay in our own lane. So... Thinking about these bridesmaids, you see, King David's story helped us to look toward the past and to look toward the future. When we look at the bridesmaids, we're going to be really concentrating on the present and a little bit of the future. But when we look at these 10 bridesmaids, you may wonder, how in the world are they connected to David? This is David is the Old Testament. They are the New Testament. But I want you to know that they are all connected. So we're looking at the story of the ten bridesmaids. Say ten again. Back in the day, when you prepared for a wedding or your marriage for a Jewish wedding, it had three stages. Anybody in here want to be married or are married? Can you imagine having to go through three stages to get married? Three different things. They had the stage of the engagement. Say engagement. They had the stage of the betrothal. I can't even say that. Who knows? But be- Thank you, Gail. One more time. Betrothal. See how I need Gail in my life, y'all? Because <laughs> I can't pronounce words. So they had that stage. And then they had the final stage of actually getting married. And this was some serious commitment that you would make because marriage was considered a serious time in your life. It wasn't for the the light of heart here. You had to get ready and you had to stay ready. So when Jesus is telling the disciples the story of the 10 bridesmaids, we are are at the third stage of this experience. We are at the marriage process. 
the engagement has happened. The, but the, come on, say thank you has happened. And now it's time for the marriage. How marriages used to work was the bride. So let, who wants to be our bride today? Anybody? None of y'all? Okay, Pat. <laughs> Pat claiming it. Amen. Pat is the bride. Pat gets to choose 10 bridesmaids. Who you want to choose, Pat? Got to choose somebody in this room. Choose wisely, Pat. These people got to represent you. They got to look out for your best interest. Anybody ever got married, you had to choose your bridesmaids? Did, did your bridesmaids do their job? Did anybody have bridesmaids that complained along the way? Made your life difficult along the way? <laughs> Pat, who would you choose in this room to be your bridesmaids? Yeah, I want you to name some names. You got a name drop. <laughs> look at some of your friends turning and looking at you like, I know she's going to choose me. <laughs> who you going to choose? Susan? You've been chosen. <laughs> Who else? She don't know everybody's name. You can't choose nobody if you don't know everybody's name. Gail, Gail, chosen because she knew her name. <laughs> Who you got? Sylvia, three. Helen, four. Miss Britt, five. Huh? Okay, you got Miss Smiling? Six. Oh. Oh, Helen and Miss Britt, two people. My bad. You got, who you got? You gonna choose Shannon? Because she can count. <laughs> it's okay. Whatever works. <laughs> Pastor Antonia? Okay. Renee, what number are we at, y'all? Seven? Stand up if you've been chosen. We need to count y'all. Y'all the bridesmaids. How many we got? Hassan, you can't be a bridesmaid. <laughs> You're causing confusion. <laughs> Jen, okay. How many is that? That's 10. So we have 10 women that have been chosen to be bridesmaids. Let's get God a praise offering. These, these are bridesmaids today. Go ahead and sit down. So you all have a job. You see, the bridesmaids had a job. Their job was to help the bride get ready for the bridegroom. They had to also see... What if you had to go out and wait for the groom to arrive and then escort him to the bride? That was part of your job. The problem was they had to go outside the city where they shut the gates behind them and the bridesmaids had to wait outside the city gate for the groom to arrive. Would you want that job? 
<laughs> you see, outside the city gate, you're not necessarily protected. It's, it might get dark. It's animals out there. But y'all girl getting married. <laughs> so y'all going to do this for her. So the, brides, the bridesmaids get ready. They know that it might get dark, so they take a lamp, and that lamp has some oil in it. They all have one lamp. They all have one lamp that holds just the right amount of oil. Five of those bridesmaids are called wise. Why are they called wise? They carry an extra jar with extra oil. Five of those bridesmaids are called foolish. Why? Because they didn't grab the extra jar of oil, right? So y'all saw our ten bridesmaids. Which one of them are the wise and which one are the foolish? Now, Pat couldn't tell because you notice they all look good. They all pretty. They all dress nice. They all got nice attitudes and good demeanors. She couldn't tell from the outside that some of them had wisdom and some of them were foolish. Do y'all see the underlining meaning of that? She couldn't tell. All she had to do was choose. Choose 10 women to go bring home her groom. Again, she didn't know which ones because all of them were dressed nicely. All of them were kind and, and hard workers. All of them were doing what they had to do. But some of them, five of them, got a little forgetful. And they did not choose the additional jar to bring along with them. Anybody ever had to go to something important? And you, you thought you had everything you needed. And then you got halfway there and you forgot something. What's some of those things that y'all have forgotten? Gas. Ooh, you in big trouble. Cell phones. Purses. Tickets. Money. Address. Keys. Ever been in a car with somebody else and realized you forgot your own keys? So these women, they forgot to bring something. And when they were going out, I want you all to notice that the, the women all took what they needed. The bridegroom, the, and I'm just going to call him the groom from now on. The groom did not give the bridesmaids the jar the oil, or the lamp. They already had the lamp, the jar, and the oil. That's going to be important in a few minutes. The bride, where was the bride at? In the city. She was at home. She was preparing. She also had everything she already needed. I'm making that point because I want to take a quick detour. Say detour. You see, sometimes in our society, it seems to be a consistent debate that men have to be the hero of women. Hassan <laughs> <Sorry>, laughing. <laughs> men have to be the great protector. 
And it was even just recently, one really good pastor, he said men must pour something into women. And he said that, you know, some kind of way, if a woman is too strong or has too much, then the man, the man has nothing to offer her. And so he was almost saying, you need to minimize for this man. Does that make sense? No, it does not. See, I got too many strong women in this room. You know, I always tell Terrence, and Terrence is my husband, and I'm never ashamed to tell the whole world that he is my king. I say it often, Terrence, you're my king. You're my king. Do y'all hear the word mine? Because he's not y'all king. <laughs> he's my king. <laughs> and then I also tell him, just because you my king don't make you the king of kings. Don't get it twisted. God is my A, my number one. You might be like my B or my A1 or A2. But Jesus is my A. I never get that confused. And when I think sometimes about the role that we as men and women play in each other's lives, sometimes I think we get stuff so confused. And if we even go as far back, and remember, I'm on a detour, y'all. Stay on the detour with me. We go back as far back to Adam and Eve. And think about that whole situation where Eve, what did Eve do? She ate the apple, didn't she? She was tricked by the serpent, and it caused the whole fall. A lot of people have said Adam could have saved the whole situation. If Adam had only done this, if Adam had only done that, but it almost puts Adam in the position as if he is God. Is Adam God? He is not. Eve was a human in need of a savior. The entire time, all Eve had to do was say one name. Whose name did she, was she supposed to say? Was she supposed to say, Adam, come help me. I'm being tempted, Adam, come help me. Rescue me, be my hero. What was she supposed to say? Jesus, God, please, Father, come save me. There was one in that garden and only one that could save Eve. We have to, you know, put the message out of the word out because some men, say some men, not all men, and especially the men here at New Life at Calvary, you all are not in this group at all. But some men struggle with women being strong, educated, and having their own money. Some men, say some men, have a real hard time with a woman who already has her own car, already has a lot of money in the bank account, not just some money in the bank account. They struggle with that. I'm so glad the men here aren't like that. <laughs> I'm so glad y'all not like that at all. You see, let's come back off this detour and come back to these bridesmaids. I told y'all they already had their own lamp, their own jar, and their own oil. 
And when the groom arrived, who did he choose? The woman with less or the ones with what they needed or they had already? Which ones did he choose? He chose the ones that was ready. Had the lamp, the jar, and the oil. You see, the bridegroom was coming. The groom was coming. Say the groom was coming. The groom was coming. And when the groom got there, the women that had gotten ready and stayed ready were ready to go to greatness. The women who were called foolish later on, who had gotten ready but didn't stay ready, they missed out. That's a powerful, powerful example in our lives. So when we think about it, the bridesmaids are waiting. Say waiting. And we can imagine it's getting dark. Their, their lamps are burning, and they're starting to get tired. Anybody in here ever gotten tired? All the time. Anybody ever gotten tired because it seems like it's taking Jesus a long time to come back? I know, I'm just like, Jesus, is it today? Please come today. <laughs> if not today, maybe tomorrow. Anyone ever wanted to give up and quit because you had gotten too tired? We've all felt that way. We've all gotten tired. We've all wondered, when is the groom coming back? I want to point out some things about the lamp and the jar and the oil. The lamp represents the light of Jesus. Say the light of Jesus. The jar represents the vessel. Who is the vessel? We are. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. The light is, the jar is, the oil is, you need all three. All three. And some of us wonder sometimes because we have Jesus We have the vessel, but we struggle with having enough of the Holy Spirit, the oil, to keep us going, to keep that fire lit. Do you have enough oil today? You know, these bridesmaids were so radically different on the inside. Say the inside. On the outside, they all looked the same. Think about that, saints. All of us look the same, don't we? I mean, not exactly the same, but we are the same. We can't tell which ones of us are connected to Jesus and which ones of us are struggling, especially when we all get up and come to church. We all come to church. We put our smiles on, put our outfits on, and and we just, you know, say, hey, I'm here. I got the Holy Spirit in me. But some of us are struggling with our oil. We don't have enough. Here we go on another detour. Say, here she go again, y'all. But I'm so excited about what God is doing. And I had to just share, I want to just skip ahead a little bit on this detour. 
Because there is a question that we always ask, and that question is, do I know Jesus? Have you ever asked somebody that, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Anybody, y'all ask that question, right? Tell your neighbor you have been asking the wrong question. The question is not, do I know Jesus? The real question is, does Jesus know you? Does Jesus know me? Does Jesus know my name? And does Jesus know your name? That's the real question. Because the entire planet, everybody, say everybody. Everybody on this planet has heard the name of Jesus. Every person has heard about Jesus. Everyone, even in different faiths, different countries, different continents, has heard the name of Jesus. But here is the question. Does Jesus know your name? Does Jesus know all of those names? You see, when we're thinking about getting ready for greatness, and, and I know I keep bouncing around in this story, y'all, but it's all going to come together. Tell your neighbor it's going to come together. You see, when we think about these bridesmaids and we go back to them sitting outside that gate in the dark with the light burning and they hear, the groom is coming, the groom is coming, he's almost here. And they wake up and they realize that the the light is almost going out. And some of them say, I don't have enough oil. Can you share yours with me? How many of you all, you know you have just the right amount of what you need and somebody comes along the way and asks you to give them some of yours? You got $10. You know it costs $30 to fill your tank up right now. And somebody come and say, um, I spent my money on, um, you know, something, that, that lottery ticket and... Um, and I, I don't have enough gas. Can you, can you give me five of your $10? What do you do? What do you do? Do you give away half of your $10? What do you, you, you say sorry? How many of y'all would give away half of your $10? I knew it was some of us in this room. We will feel guilty and sad and think, oh, the Lord will want me to help them. And tell your neighbor, sometimes you got to keep your stuff. (laughs) Sometimes. Now, sometimes the Lord does ask us to share. Amen. But sometimes you can't become unprepared in order to help somebody else out. You all may have heard of that book, Why Does Helping You Hurt Me? Anyone ever heard those words? Sometimes we help so many people so much that it hurts us. That's when you know it's not help anymore. If it's hurting you too much, if your bank account is going negative to try to help somebody else, oh, that's not help. That's not help. If your car is broke because you keep taking everybody around the world, that's not help. That's not help. 
Help means that when you finish helping somebody, you're still okay. Tell your neighbor, I'm okay. I know some of y'all are like, but Pastor Kelly, we're supposed to be sacrificial. We're supposed to give above and beyond and all those other things, right? Who is the ultimate sacrifice? See, sometimes we keep trying to slide in like Adam and and take that role of God. We are not God. Tell your neighbor, you're not God. We cannot save everybody. We cannot. And sometimes it's better to tell somebody, you know what, I wish I had it. I wish I could help you, but I cannot help you today. Because helping you would hurt me. And that's an honest statement to make. So, okay, y'all, I keep getting distracted. The bridesmaids, though, they hear the words, the groom is coming, the groom is coming. And they all pop up and they're all ready, except for how many? Five of them are not ready. And they're trying to scramble. And the, the, the ones that are ready tell them, go, go shopping, go to the store and get what you need. That's funny, isn't it? Because they know it ain't no stores out there. <laughs> Where they going to go to get some oil? They have to go somewhere to get some oil. And they leave to go get the oil. But in the meantime, the groom is coming. The groom is coming. And he arrives. And guess what happens? He goes in with those five bridesmaids. And what happens to the ones that were outside going shopping? They left outside. They come running back to the gate. Knock, knock, knock. Please let us in. Lord, Lord, please let us in. And what does Jesus say to them? What does the groom say? He says, I don't know you. I don't know you. Remember when I asked you, do you know Jesus? But does he know you back? He didn't know them. Wouldn't open the gate for them. Wouldn't give them the time a day. Because you see, they had gotten ready, but they didn't stay ready. And so they missed out on greatness. Tell your neighbor, get ready and stay ready. Don't miss out on your greatness. You see, they missed out on their greatness. And and a lot of us think, you know what, some kind of way I'm going to get into heaven. Some kind of way, I'm, you know, the Lord know me. It's me. Y'all know how y'all, it's me. He, we, got, we got it going on, me and Jesus. Tell you, never, y'all ain't got it going on. If you're not ready, and if you didn't stay ready, you're going to be in trouble. And how do we stay ready? We stay ready by staying connected with Jesus. We stay ready by staying connected with the oil, which is the Holy Spirit. And we stay ready by understanding that we are the vessels. We are the vessels. You see, all of us are getting ready for something in our lives right now. Many of us, I mean, it's August next week, y'all. School, is it tomorrow? Oh, God. Oh, tomorrow is August. Some kids going back to school in August. Some kids are uh, going away to college. Some of you all are getting ready for a promotion. Some of you all are getting ready for retirement. 
Some are getting ready for a wedding and babies and all kind of stuff you're getting ready for. Even us as a church, tell your neighbor, even us as a church. We are all in the process of getting ready and staying ready for greatness. But again, it's not just about today. Remember when I said that a lot of things happened before us? A lot of things are happening now. And then there are things yet to come. I want y'all to think about our, our, our church roof over in the sanctuary. See, we're getting ready for something right now, right? What are we getting ready for? A new roof. Anybody know how old the current roof is? It's like 142, what'd you say, Ruth? 142 years old. Not the whole roof. So, some 142 years ago, some Christians that looked similar to us decided to build that sanctuary. And when they decided to build that sanctuary, do you think they were just thinking about themselves? They couldn't have been because it's built so, so well. They were thinking about themselves, but they were also thinking ahead, thinking forward to who else would have to worship in this space. So right now today, we're getting ready to have a new sanctuary, a new roof. I'm claiming a new sanctuary as well, apparently, but a new roof in our sanctuary And that's for us today. But is it only for us? No. Who else is it for? Generations from now, another 142 years from now, someone will say, because those folks at New Life at Calvary cared enough to put a new roof on, we can worship in this space today. Do you want that to be part of your testimony? Tell your neighbor to get ready and to stay ready. You see, we got a lot of stuff to discuss. We got a lot of Bible characters to go through and discover. And those 10 bridesmaids are going to come back up. King David, the 10 bridesmaids. And next week, we're going to be talking about Uriah the Hittite. Because we are doing what? Getting ready and staying ready for greatness. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we thank you, Lord, for all good gifts given through you. And we thank you, Lord, that you have purposed in our hearts at such a time as this to get ready, to get ready for even beyond what we can see today. Gracious God, as we humbly submit ourselves to you right now in the name of Jesus, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would allow us to see just a little glimpse of the future. Help us to see the children that have not yet even been born yet. The people, Lord, that will worship here in this space and at New Life at Calvary. The people that will one day come to know Christ because of this place. Lord, we want to get ready and we want to stay ready for greatness because it's not about us, Lord. You had many before us, many during us, and many will come after us. And we give you all the praise and glory and honor to your name. It's in the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen.